0: Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At U-Break Eye Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility, and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, UBreak iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit YouBreak forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own YouBreak iFix. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. Oh. Oh. oh.
1: What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bring you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational from Bay Hill. As usual, I'm here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tamblyn. And Tyler, how are you doing?
2: Man, that was a good intro this week, Kenny. You got it. You know what tournament we're at? That's just perfect, man. I'm doing well. Uh, excited to get into it. Lots to talk about Kilikawa back on the run again, doing his thing. So that hurt me a little bit. We'll get into it as we go through it. But before we get into it, guys, just want to remind you quickly, this podcast is brought to you and sponsored and presented by rotogrinders.com. head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DJ and get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Check out all the good stuff we've got going on over there. But, yeah, Kenny, kawa kill kill a man. This guy, you came through with the secret bet. You, you didn't bring it to the boys, yeah. <laughs> but you you had, you had the secret bet in the club over there, and you got your money. So good for you. And what did you think of the event, man? I thought it was pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, it's super frustrating because last week when I saw the numbers, okay, uh, I saw the numbers, and I saw Ka- Morikawa at 55 to 1 at, like, 9 a.m., you know? Uh, and I was like, what the hell 55 to one for good for a number like six golfer in the world? Like, what is this? What is this book doing? So it was like auto bet. I just bet it. Right. But then I started doing research. And of course, you know, it's a brand new course. And I expected different things to come out of the course as, as you heard last week i thought you know bombers would have a little bit more uh, more more value and stuff like that and so so as the week went on you know as the day went on i decided not to put him on the podcast as one of my bets and as week came, came on i didn't even add him to my final card uh, so uh, and the thing is you know the guy i had another runner up on the podcast i had Hovlin at 22 to one that was my seventh runner up that mm-hmm. i tipped in eight events i someone called me the tony finow of golf betting and like it hurt my soul you know i'm saying (laughs) that shit hurt my fucking soul i mean i had neiman at so at the tournament champions neiman it's uh sony both in uh, either all my second places i had Cantley, i bet him live and i posted it on twitter after round three i had xander at uh, phoenix I had Maverick 8-1. I posted that on the Gubbs Corner Slack after round two. I had Finau at a Genesis. I had Hovland at the WGC last week. Just because, and So it's super frustrating. I, you know, It was good for me because I ended up betting Kyle on one, But it's just sort of bad that like my first win of the year came without letting anyone know that I was betting him, not even being on my card. So it sort of feels like it's not even a win. You know what I'm saying, but, but you know getting back to the event itself, I mean more cow, I mean Jesus, what a great player. Four wins already in a short career. A uh, major and a WGC before the age of 25. First golf for the since Tiger Woods. Uh, this guy, uh, I mean if he just puts average to above average, his iron game is, and, and is like the best in the world right now. There's really no doubt about that. Uh, You know, you could say what you want about a short game, bringing out that like three-wood, you know, like like it's like 1978 or something, you know, around the greens. Uh, uh, You know, it was a little weird seeing that, and then you see, uh, and his drives are supremely accurate. Not very long, but he's very, very accurate. Uh, So, I mean, what an event. I mean, there were times like when he was up by five on Saturday, and then, you know, he came back to two, and I was like, like oh well, maybe it's not gonna happen uh and then he came out on, on sunday and he had no fear man these little kids these kids have no fear uh and then of course you had Hovlin who came out on friday uh, after a minus two round on thursday came out on fire uh friday i think it was like seven eight under for the day going into the final hole and you saw what he did with uh, a snowman a double par Uh, You know, you think his week is over, but he comes back on Saturday, comes back on Sunday, great rounds again, just shows his resilience. Uh, I mean, like, you know, most guys after that, I mean, they just fall apart. But this youngster, again, another baller uh, out there. Uh, So, you know, you also had some other people – Strong showings. Kepka looks like he's on target uh, for the major season here coming up. Scottie Scheffler had some good rounds. Reed played well until about until the, the last day. Billy Horschel up there. Uh, Usti, uh, Webb. I mean, it was, it was a great event. It was really fun to watch. And, but I mean, man, uh, Kawa just ran away with it and it was great. The only problem is, of course, I didn't have him in DraftKings either. Uh, but Cash Game Cornerstones came strong. All my golfers inside the top 25, including. Um, including Hovland, who finished second, Reed who finished tenth. Uh, they're, they're on a little bit of a heater here lately, guys. 15 to 16 make cuts, and yeah, including the no-cut event. In the last four events, uh, 11 top 25, three top threes. So we're getting there. I like my corner cornerstones again this week, so I'm ready. What do you think of the event?
2: Uh, didn't you hear, Kenny? Cash is trash, man. You, no, nobody plays that. I, 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 I know.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone, someone said that to me on Twitter. Uh, here's the thing. Yeah. Everyone, the GDP is the limelight. You know, that's how you, 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 you know, that's where you get the limelight. I, and I don't have much of the limelight. You're the limelight guy winning all these GPPs. Uh, but I mean, you know, the way you do your bankroll, if you just GPP heavy and you spend all your money on that, you're going to go through times where you just suck ass and you're just losing money week after week. And I can't lose money like that. I'm not a rich man. I'm not poor but I'm not a rich man, you know? And so I gotta, I gotta be able to play every week because, you know, it's sort of my job. And, um, and so I I use cash as, as something about 40 to 45% of my bankroll. I use one lineup. And then if it cashes, you know, I'm going to have a winning week. Uh, So, you know, and I think it's super important when it comes to bankroll management. So the guy can say whatever the hell he wants to say. Uh, You know, I built my following (laughs) on cash and it's been strong for me, but I, 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 I digress. Yeah. So go ahead. No,
2: What's like, I loved it, man. I, I love the courses that are like this. So basically you know, the Saturday, it was almost like a U.S. open, right? Where one of the days is hard. One of the days has been easy. We've seen that lately where you kind of get a, a scoring, some scoring capabilities, but then they can still come out and perform and put on a good show for everybody. So yeah, the Hovland thing is insane. The eight, first of all, just, you know, I know Cal I'll get to that in a second, but the Hovland thing is just nuts because man, he's a Sunday killer. This guy came back out on Sunday after that, smiling the whole way while well, he does it. He's just like, happy as hell out there. Him and Scheffler, both guys, that you just see smiling on the course, no matter what's going wrong. And I think that's a great attitude to have. Like that just, you know, goes to show five under again. You can't mess with this guy on a Sunday, Hovland, that is. Uh, Scheffler was right there in the mix. Rory, you know, g- gave us just enough. So we'll get to that when we get to this week. That's going to come into play. Uh, you could see sort of the major type feel though. It's not, you know, 12 under was nowhere near the top, but Louis Eustazen, he only comes out in these types of, Events, man. So it's another guy we'll talk about for this week. Uh, Fino, even on Sunday, rough day there. But the cow the thing is just crazy, man. I don't know. That putting grip threw me off a little bit. You know, that's the only reason I really wasn't feeling it, and probably a, a poor reason when you think about the. Well, stuff he lost that,
1: like 275 strokes putting the week before.
2: So no that way was to get like it. one of the. Re-
1: that was one of the reasons why I was like, "Hmm, new putting grip." He lost eight billion strokes the week before. Can he really get that much better? He did. He did. He did I, I lo- he did. I love I
2: when you talked about the wet or the, um, the wood that he brought out. Cause they were like, Oh, Paul, is this going to be where he uses some of the stuff you showed him? Cause he was working with Paul Azinger and Marco Mira the week before, or whatever, getting ready for this. And he goes, this just might be Paul says. And then next thing you know, he's like, Oh no, he's bringing out a wood. Sorry, Paul just crushed him right there on the air. So he he thought he was getting his moment of fame too, but it didn't work out. In the end, he did thank both of them though. But I thought the bigger thing was, you know, the the Sunday red, the stuff with Tiger last week, everything there, that was kind of awesome to see, man. Uh, Fina was really rocking it the best. I think I liked Rory's shirt with a couple different, you know, black lines through it and sort of stuff to throw a little bit of a spin on it, but uh, just to be different. But I did think that Fina rocked it the best and the other side of it was, you know, there was no better way to do it. We've had a, we have had the cut made comparisons with Morikawa and Tiger before, but now both the, the second guy ever to go with a major and a WGC under the age of 25. I thought that was incredible and no better way. And he did it with just some insane iron play. Basically did everything, you know, that Tiger would do down the stretch. So uh, he's a guy to watch out for no matter what. Like you said, all those young guys, him, Hovland, uh, this week it was with Scheffler up there. We've often seen Neiman, who you mentioned a couple of seconds earlier that you've been on with him, uh, you know, all these other guys. And then of course, Wolf, who's been off and on having a real tough time right now. I don't know if that's th- the injury or whatnot that's getting to him, but uh, he's always been up there and he's got a couple of wins under his belt as well. So I- I'm excited for the future of golf men makes it all that much better for us doing the content and putting the stuff out there. And then yeah, Brooks, who you mentioned, I guess I, I can't leave him out. Uh, he looks back for sure. Maybe he doesn't have Uh, You know, I got the win at waste management. He didn't close it out here, but he made some really nice shots down the stretch and some great putts that could have put him in it, but Cal was just too, too solid, too strong.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, let's talk about the course. Concession was a great course. I was wrong about how it's going to play, but that's going to, that's going to happen. When you see something on a brand new course, it played almost like a major type feel, Uh, you know, in a fair major, like, uh, like, like firm, but fair, you know, like, like if you're on, target you can score but if you're just a little bit off you're going to struggle uh that's that's the way i think golf courses should be uh you don't see enough of that uh, on tour you know you can miss a little bit here and there and still be able to save yourself but i mean you miss a little bit here or there on this core on concession uh you're looking at double triple quads uh in your in your in your in your scorecard uh, i think it's to be perfect for a pga championship uh either that or a yearly event i don't know what they can cancel to bring this one in but i mean like I, I think we need to see more of this course i mean the bunkering uh the way the course was laid out uh, the contours of the greens um I, it, was, it was it was it was really really fun to watch uh because like i said you know you i think somebody shot like 20 over or something like that, you know, or you can shoot what, 18 under like Kawa did. Uh, you know, uh, it just depends. And that's the, why. I guess 15 over, uh, was the worst score, but you saw like, I'd say, you know, close to about 30 golfers shoot over par here. Uh, and then you see another, the other 30 or so shoot under par, but a lot from like one to minus one to minus five, minus six. Um, it was a fun course. You you hit you're hitting the ball well. You're gonna do well. You hit the ball crappy. You're gonna do shitty. Uh, so so really want to see this course more and more. Uh now that we have an idea flavor uh, of how it plays, so so I really like it. Uh, any other thing about the course?
2: Yeah, but just uh, final thoughts, I guess, you know, you mentioned, it. I'd love to see more of it. I think it should go on the, the roster every year or some way, shape or form to get it out there. Because like I said, it's any course that can bring the number, world's number one golfer to his knees and Dustin Johnson, like it did here. Uh, and what's funny is kind of mini correlations, very small sample size of one, but DJ and English were one, two. If you remember at the Northern Trust, this not too long ago at a, you know, a similar type. Uh, what was I think uh, 19 under for English and 30 under for DJ where they're just ripping up a course, not the same course at all like this, as far as the difficulty, but just goes to show. And now, you know, both those guys flipped on their head here down at the bottom while sort of the cream rose to the top of the best of the best that had it for all four days and even guys like Hovland like you said who bounced back from an eight versus I don't know if you saw the English whatever it was eight or nine to kick things off but that was just a a burial where you thought he had it you know in three and instead it's an eight or a nine I can't remember what it was now but it was just brutal and just destroyed his week entirely
1: yeah English seems like he's just chilling the f out after his win. Hot He's like, man. I got my win. I'm good. I'm good for a couple of years. I'm good for basically three years. Uh, you know, having the grind, actually losing his card there for a little bit, having to go through uh, the Corn ferry to get it back. And then now he got that win. He's like, fuck it. I'm chilling. I'm straight chilling. I'm gonna go out here if I make, the, I, I, you know, no kind of event. I'm gonna make my money, go out, do my thing. He really hasn't done much uh, since his um, since his win. I I don't know. The thing about it is, this course could fit him. We'll see. I don't know if I'm gonna play him, but we'll see how it goes. All right, so yeah. let's go to the Listener League. Uh, Genghis Cohen uh, could be a related. One of my brethren here. If you didn't know, a little little history fact. I think uh, Genghis Khan. Uh, three, like almost like two percent of the world's population, is related to Genghis Khan, uh, the guy used to just rape and pillage everybody. So his seed just flew back in the day, and so I guess uh, a very large part of the population related to Mister Genghis. History lesson for you guys right there. So Genghis Cohen starts off with Tony Finau, uh, you know, finishing 14th, seventeen point two percent owned, ninety one point five points um Pavlin 124 points. Uh I think if you look at the people who finished second place, he beat Kepka and uh whoever else horschel by over 20 points in DraftKings. Another thing, Bryson DeShambo, who was my favorite play last week, might not have had the best finish. Finished 23rd. I think he was 7th in DraftKings points. You got you got to pay attention to that stuff when you're doing DraftKings like you know, what looking at it on the outside, me picking bryson probably wasn't the best. He finished 23rd, but 7th in DraftKings points. For a $9,900 golfer, not the worst week possible, um, again. But, of course, I lost in GPPs. Cash won, so it was still a winning week in in, in overalls. But, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going off target. So, uh, Finau, Hovland for Genghis Cohen. Morikawa, the winner, 128 points, only four points more than Mr. Hovland there. Uh, 11.73% owned. Scotty Scheffler, uh, almost 19 uh, 19- percent on 106.5 points. Kevin Nah, 84 points, sneaky 84 points, sneaky 11th place finish. Lanto Griffin, 73 points, 22% own. Still bitter about Lanto. I had a top 20 bet on him. Of course, he finished 22nd. I think the last two times I bet on Lanto top 20, he finished 21st and 22nd. So that really sucks. What do you think about the lineup there, Tambo?
2: Yeah. It look good. This is uh, sort of the build you had to have talked about it on the Wednesday show last week about Roto grinders, then reviewed it again today. Remember, you remember last week, Kenny, it was the first look. And I was saying, what is fading the top crazy? Like there was so many guys in the nine K range that I loved. And sure enough, he had, uh, he had Finau Hovland Morikawa. Most of the winning lineups were with your boy. You just mentioned were with uh Bryson Hovland Morikawa. And then uh-huh. even, even if it skipped over Scheffler, you could have guys like Horschel and Ortiz in that 7k range Ortiz had on a great little Sunday and then finish it out with Kevin uh, or answer Orlando, or whoever you want it to be and put yourself up here uh, in this range or above based on that Bryson scoring. So nice build overall, you know, sort of skipping the 11 Ks, the 10 Ks, uh, no 7k guys too, made it pretty unique. I like that about it. And then the ownership was pretty well dispersed, right? A couple guys in the twenties, 19 and a 17, And then a six and an 11 Morikawa, you know, 11% was just a great spot to pick him up. And I completely overlooked it, took the putting grip too much into play, but shout out to Genghis Cohen. We've got him into the three man and added him to the league for the tournament of champions for the end of year. And then got to give a shout out to dub KJ in third, a regular, see him around often. He's always doing his thing. So congrats to him uh, right there, man, next week, maybe, but we'll get back to it again for this week, Kenny.
1: Yeah. Not the worst strategy. Just, you know, looking at the numbers, when they first come out in the morning on Monday and just looking for those crazy wild ass numbers, even before you do your research and clicking those, not the worst strategy worked for me last week. Thank God. uh, Because if I had to do just another runner up and not have a winner, I probably would have thrown my remote control at the TV. Uh, You know, seven runner ups and eight events is just sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. And if anyone calls me the Tony Fina of golf betting again, I will slap them across their motherfucking mouth. But anyways, let's get to this week's course. It's going to be the PGA Tour I heads to Orlando, Florida this week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill Club and Lodge. A field bit smaller. Most weeks, the most weeks, about 123 golfers, but still top 65 in ties. Uh, so, once again, in this type of situation, less than half the golfers are going to miss the cut. And you can be a bit more aggressive in cash, and you'll see my lineup is a bit aggressive in cash this week. I uh, will go over that with my cornerstones later on. Uh, the field has been a bit weaker after Arnie's death, and the Euros have to dominate uh, the winner's circle. Like you can see online the only two Americans to win here since 2006 were Tiger and Matt Every. Uh, most of this has to do with scheduling. Um, you know, I think years before it was, um, uh, the match play, uh, you know, like the week after and everyone played the match play because it's a WGC event and it's free money and the match masters only three weeks after this event. So you saw a lot of Americans sit out, but the Euros intended to come in and use this as their like first event of the PGA tour season, like a springboard, uh, to start their season. And we see that once again, uh, you know, the top American players, a lot of them sitting out still a strong foreign contingent, um. And, again, the scheduling this year still messes with them a little bit, being sandwiched in between last week WGGC and this week's the players. So you're going to see some people sit out like Kepka and uh, JT and DJ. You're seeing all these guys step out at uh, Cantlay, and they have Xander, uh, and they're not playing this week. But Euros, they're strong, and there's a couple of guys up top, uh, the Americans up top. So still not the worst field in the world. The weather is, is crucial. in in this event and and how the course plays. Uh, We've seen winning scores range from minus four to minus 18 uh, the last few years or so. And most of that has to do with the wind. Now, you know, there were some major changes to the course uh, in 2009. So looking at course history and trends. uh, Oh, I skipped the part. Let me go back here real quick. This could be important. The forecast this week actually calls for like uh, rain before like, like Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, you know, so it could soften the course course a little bit make good scoring conditions for thursday and friday but then the wind picks up on the weekend with projected 25 mile per hour gusts now we're recording this at seven o'clock on a monday so all this can change uh but one thing you can do uh with that type of setup is you know it, it makes the, 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 the round three showdown if you're playing showdown uh it could be more viable to go with the early guys with playing in less uh, oh, the wind on saturday is supposed to be light on in the morning and strong in the afternoon when the leaders tend to go out. Uh, So, you know, for showdown plays on Saturday, you can tend to go with with those morning guys. Also for live betting purposes, this is pretty important. Um, You know, you can catch guys with very large numbers on Saturday morning, uh, you know, and and you can see them just climb up the leaderboard if this weather forecast cast is correct and you see light winds saturday morning building up to very strong winds when the leaders tee off because i mean you saw what strong winds could do here last year with hatton winning at minus four and like five golfers are only uh, only five golfers shooting under par. uh so i mean that's how hard this course can get if you tend to get the winds up and that can play to your advantage when you live bet uh before round three starts uh so pay attention to that you can probably check my twitter feed or my um uh, my slack on the on, on the site that i work for i'm sure tambo could could do something on roto grinders i mean something you got to pay attention to uh, for live betting if this forecast is true all right so you know the course has been through some changes um uh, you know i'd only look at courses from 2010 on um you know there was worm infestations on the greens in 2015, so they redid all the putting surfaces. Uh, you know the course is played once again. Just depends on the weather how easy it plays. Um, the main difference, one huge difference that they've done, you know they've widened the fairways the farther you go out. So you would expect, you know, um, so like 325 an hour, you're looking at like almost 40 yard average for the width. Uh, but the, but to the coalesce with that, they actually shaved off a lot of the rough like around the greens that lead the traps and that lead to water instead of having a thick rough as like a barrier between the golf ball and the water and the hazard that'll stop the ball from going. They shaved all those off. So, you know, it creates a lot more trouble around the greens. Now let's get to the meat of the course here. Uh, Bay Hill. 7,450-yard-ish par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. Uh, It's a good mixture of holes where bombing it off the tee will sometimes be an advantage, and sometimes placing it in the right spot with a three-wood or hybrid will be the right play. Uh, Still uh, less than drive, of course, but the par fives are reachable in two by most if the course is firm. And length off the tee, of course, will be helpful for those holes. In four of the last six years, the winners, as shot. Double-digit under par on the par five, so scoring must come from these holes. Off the tee, golfers will face wide, tree-lined fairways with strategically placed bunkers on almost every tee shot And water and play on nearly half the holes. Like I said earlier, the fairways actually get wider the farther from the tee box uh, the drive goes. But the course has still been around the bottom twenty in driving distance average on tour. So again, uh, you know, many dog legs, water, thick, you know, tall up to four inch rough will make many golfers focus more on accuracy than distance, less than drive. Uh, Even though the fairways are above average in width, there are many slopes and undulations, so sometimes a good-looking drive off the tee can still find the thick rough, especially if it is playing firm and fast. On approach shots, golfers will see firm Bermuda grass greens that are elevated on some holes surrounded by bunkers and thick rough are average in size with a lot of speed, about 12 to 12.5 on the stimp. Uh, They're also going to have plenty of slope and runoff areas like i spoke about before and you're missing those runoff areas sometimes you're going to be wet uh, water will come into play on wayward approach shots and if the wind does pick up watch out for plenty of drives and approaches in the drink tambo what are you looking for in golfers this week my friend
2: very, very refined model here, Kenny. You talked about it uh, a little bit, but just like you said, so the wider fairways, I think matters quite a bit. So, you know, a lot of guys are going to be in a spot where they can hit a nice shot from. So it's going to come down to second shot, stroke gained approach. I uh, definitely think avoiding the mistakes. So you, whether it's bogey avoidance, whatever you want to look at, just to sort of get an idea, it just comes back to the same thing. It's an imitational. You got to sort of the, you know, a little bit smaller field, but you got also a cut line. So you got to remember that you got to have, the best of the best in there. If we're going to get that weather, that's going to be a key factor just because uh, the guys that are going to have to grind it over the weekend again. So when we get to a guy like Louis O, maybe that comes into play again. He's playing really good golf right now, enough to get him through and make the cut. But he can actually really thrive over the weekend. So I think that's just an example of a guy that I'm going to be looking at here. Uh, and then just proximity and even a little bit of putting here has been uh, important in the past. So I think that's going to be you know sort of it for me. And then it does come into play when you're getting into these tiers and start going through them.
1: Let's get to the tiers in the 10K range. We got Hatton all the way to Roars. What you doing this week, my friend?
2: I'm feeling it again, Kenny, I think. I might be feeling it too much. I don't know, but... Uh, I'm really liking just starting with Hovland and just leave, uh, you know, the Rory Bryson thing is going to be talked about by everybody. Obvious reasons. Rory's course history here uh, is phenomenal. The win when he won it, I think he gained like eight or 10 strokes putting that Sunday. If you remember, it was just incredible. Just went off, uh, really took it to them. and, And that's what can happen for sure. But you know, the interesting thing for me, looking back, I just brought it up about the approach. If you look over the last six months, Bryson and Rory are two of the best tee to green in the entire field. But if you look at their approach, that's sort of one of the things that's been holding them back. Obviously, Bryson's always off the tee. Uh, You know, they've had it going a little bit here lately. They've looked like they showed signs. But man, you can't deny what Hovland just did and has been doing. We were talking about him before last week that, you know, ball striking, the, the ball striking that he's performed and what he's shown out there on the courses has been incredible. And I don't expect that to go away. So I wouldn't mind starting lineups with Hovland and then going down from there. I also like Hatton and I don't know if he'll be slept on, but this is a tournament where uh, Matt Every, Tiger Woods, Hatton won it last year. We've had re- re- repeat winners. And if you look at the stats for Hatton, I know he didn't show much again there last week, but just getting back into it over the the last 50 rounds or last six months, whatever you really want to look at uh, pretty much everything lines up. So, uh, I know that on the way to the victory, he was, you know, giving the whole of finger and throwing up the FU signs and whatnot, but uh, he still got the job done and that's really what matters. So I think that this could be a spot where uh, you go back to Hatton at 10,000 as well. So I like Hovland, Hatton, and then Reed doesn't kill me, but you know, I, I like those two a lot more personally.
1: Um, you know, I'm actually going to start with Rory. Uh, he's going to be probably my highest own in GBPs and you're right. He, when you say his iron game hasn't been that strong, that's sort of misleading. Uh The one part of his iron game has been very, very weak. And that's been his wedge play. Not going to hit too many wedges on this course. I mean, it just depends on how he goes about the drive, how he goes off the tee. Uh, but you don't see too many wedges um, on this event. Like if you, let me look at, see um, what the percentage is here. The thing is the rest of his iron play has been pretty good i mean you look at his uh strokes gained. he still gained 1.8 at the at mexico 1.8 at phoenix 2.1 at farmers his iron play was great at the masters 1.2 at zozo uh so you know the miscut he had he didn't do that great uh yeah just to to cut
2: in real quick not to get out but just to clarify here like you're talking about 1.2s and 1.8s hattons out there putting up 8.7s 4.1s 5.4 is like, yes, hey, so that's but, what but you know, but,
1: but, he, but he's losing a shit ton with his wedges, and a lot of these courses that he has played has been heavy on the wedge game. Uh, so yeah. you got to look at it like that as well. I mean, he's losing a ton of strokes when he's from 150 and in. Uh, and, and if you look, well, I mean, it's,
2: it's one of the best players in the world. I don't think you're gonna go no. wrong with Roy McElroy. I'm talking about setting up for. Uh, similar to last week, where people just automatically assume if you don't, st- you know, if you st- if you don't st- have someone from the top last week, people are thinking you're pretty much done. But you could have started with, you know, Bryson or even Hovland and got there last week, depending on how you did. It or but, but here's like- to,
1: here's the thing: the approach shot distribution of this course, from 150 to 200 plus, you hit about four times more approaches from that range than you do uh, 150 and below. So the wedge game, I think, is not going to be that big of a factor. For Rory, the rest of his game is pretty solid iron-wise, and that's why I think I like Rory um, this week. And and, I could be wrong. There's no no doubt about that. But his long iron game is strong, okay? Uh, Top 15 in this field in the last, uh, like, 50, 100 rounds or so. Uh, and, And, you know, lots of birdies, lots of DK points, TD Green always solid. So I like Rory. I'm going with that. Hovland, a little worried about what he said about the Florida courses. Uh, talking about how he doesn't like Florida courses except concession. Uh, and concession doesn't really play like a Florida course. It plays more of like a West Coast-Carolina course hybrid, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and something to worry about, a miscut. No uh, no finishes inside the top 40 uh, in Florida, except last week. Um, I could be killing myself because I think he's possibly going to be one of the highest zones in the field with a, with a decent price. And Bryson not visually not playing that well, even though he's seventh in draft key scoring last week and rory again um, you know uh, you, you talk about the iron play i think a lot of people are going to be thinking about that as well on a second shot course uh, you know it makes sense unless you you know look at it a little bit deeper uh, so i think hovland could be one of the highest owned in this 10k range and him talking about how he just doesn't like these type of courses uh, i think it's it's possible i think you know for me it's worth the fade uh, especially going Rory instead of Hovland it's not like I'm dropping down and dropping down in in talent level uh to go with somebody else uh so I, I, I'm a little worried about Hovland I mean you could be right he can go out and win this thing the I, guy, I just think is, the, the guy is that team, good yeah go I, I think ownership wise you got
2: it wrong too though because like Rory's gonna be owned Hovland may be high high owned as well but like actually you, like you think Rory the,
1: you think Rory's gonna be higher owned than Hovland
2: no, I'm After- saying he, it's, not, it's not like All he's right. going to be 10% less, though. It's not like you're getting a 25% Hovland and a 10% Rory or something here. I don't and know. Rory- I, think
1: you, I think you get like 23-14, 23-16, 7%. That's, that's decent, decent, especially when the talent level is that, that similar. Uh, I mean, Rory's Rory. Talent that's level is that similar. Like I said, you're not dropping off. And then, of course, you got Hovland who says he doesn't like Florida courses.
2: You know? Yeah, we'll see what I, people I mean, do. I, I, we'll have I to think see. it's like I, I think owner, worth ownership matters. I just think it comes down to what you actually think it is. Like, uh, that's what I'm saying. Rory's well, yeah, you, you, some of the know, best course history in the world. Yeah, yeah. I bet Rory, I bet Rory, right, yeah. I, I we'll yeah. get to that later because that number just made no sense with the field getting a little bit weaker. And then I thought about applying that towards DFS because if you got the weaker field, you'd think let's go ahead with it. But that's what I feel like everybody's thinking, and that's why I was trying to sort of drop down and go to the same strategy as last week. But if you think that, well, we'll have to wait and see how the week shakes out. Obviously you and I are both going to be keeping an eye on the ownership trends and things like that. As things go on. I just think that, yeah, I definitely think more people. And then what about Bryson? Did you have any take on him? Because I think a lot of people are thinking here, like I already saw today people drawing up him, trying to put it over the water on the power five and have a a putt for Albatross. But I don't know about all that. And I especially don't think early stages.
1: I think he'll probably be one of the lowest owned. I think Bryson might be one of the lowest owned sandwiched between Roy and Hovland. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that he's like 12%, 11%, and he could be good for a contrarian play. Uh, We'll see how that goes. But I'm playing Rory, and I think Rory is is the one I'm going to play. You have me thinking about Bryson, but my first cast game cornerstone is Terrell Hatton uh, at $10,000. Iron play strong. You know, really good with his longer irons. You're hitting a ton. Uh, Like all four of the par threes are over 200 yards, and you got four – uh, long par fours where you're going to be hitting your approach from over 200 yards you're looking around you know if you if you miss a fairway on a couple of those par fives you're looking around six a third of your shots coming from over 200 yards that's a pretty pretty strong amount uh and uh, hatton's one of the best with his longer irons really good on par fours as well hatton of course again like you said you talked about it uh we've seen repeat winners here I have no doubt that he could do that again. So Hatton's going to be my first cash game cornerstone. I'm going to move on to this 9K range because my next cash game cornerstone is right underneath Matthew Fitzpatrick at $9,800. Been in contention going into the weekend. The last few times he's been out there uh, putting really good. His iron play has been pretty. Has been a little bit better. One of the best in longer par threes. You're going to have to do well. You can lose a lot of strokes on those long par threes, and he's pretty good at it, and he's one of the best on par four scoring uh, in this field. Now, one stat that I looked at uh, over the years, let me bring this up here. Uh, you know, when it comes to par four scoring, um, you're looking at like about 75% of the golfers that finished top three here uh, were inside the top 70 in par four scoring for the specific gear they want. You, a par five scoring is going to be important. you got to get your scoring done here. But the numbers and, and the trends tend to show that par four scoring might be just a little bit more important uh, when it comes to this course because you have to you know battle it out on those par fours uh, so you can use score on those par fives. So I like Fitzpatrick, my second cash game cornerstone pick, this week, other guys I do like in this 9K range. I like Sung Jay. Uh, the guy is like one of the best in Florida out there. Um, you know, I think I saw some stat where he's, he's gained like over a stroke more than the rest of the field uh, in, in total in Florida rounds uh, compared to everybody else. Um, you know, again, so I, I like Sung again, another good guy who's good from. 200 plus and really good on longer par threes of other guys that do like like Paul Casey. He's just been playing good golf uh, down here at 9,100. I like that price, which is weird. 9,100 for Casey, but the guys are playing really, really well. Uh, So I like Paul Casey at 9,100. Who do you like in this range?
2: All the same guys. Actually, it's insane, but um, yeah, fits everyone in the world's on fits. I think that's something uh, I wonder what Hatton's ownership will actually look like. Because that's the fact like you've got Hovland up above at ten six, and then you've got Fitzpatrick who everybody's talking about. So have to see about differentiating there. I'm with you on M, uh, especially if he's going to come in much lower own than Fitz. I still like that, you know, pretty much all the stats line up. We were just chatting before we get on here to record about missing out on the Honda this year. And, getting to watch that live last year was just incredible. Right. And the stuff that he did down the stretch and the shots that he had to make, you know, 16, 70, all all those shots that he made down the stretch while you're yelling foreign things in Korean at him, I thought was just incredible and really going to miss that this year, Kenny, but uh, definitely going to play him. I'll go back to decky Uh, sneaky last week. If this week is going to be, Not the same as the course. Like you mentioned, it's not really the same to to the point you made with Hovland there, but at the same time, just sort of getting in the mix of things, still 9,400, a fair price. I like him a little bit more than Spieth Day. Some of those guys, I like Casey down below. I was going to get your take though on Fleetwood because he's another guy and I'm giving away all the bets early, but I, I did bet Fleetwood right away, reading some stuff, seeing some things, agreeing with them but I wonder what his ownership is going to be and what it's going to look like here. Cause I actually do like Casey. And I definitely like a lot of the guys in the AK range underneath him a lot more. So that's, how I was going to see where you were at with him.
1: I mean, he didn't really show too much last week. I, I'm not really sure what his ownership could be, but I don't think it's going to be super large. I mean, it could make for a good GPP play. Uh, we'll see how he actually plays though. And I don't know about betting. him. Mean, I did see that number. It was like 45 to one, 50 to one, something like that for Fleetwood in the morning and, you know, I he just doesn't win. I, I, but, you know, Fina doesn't win, and i bet him, you know, before. So, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about Fleetwood. We'll have to see as as the week goes on. If he's like 7 8% projected own, he might be a play. Uh, let me go down to this 9K range. I'll go with my third cash game cornerstone. You can see I'm going pretty high uh, up here. My last cash game cornerstone is in the 6K range. Uh, but, you know, like I said, you could tend to be a little bit more aggressive in these type of events where less than half the field is going to be uh, – Cut. So I got three guys over eighty seven hundred dollars. Uh, so my third guy is going to be Francisco Molinari who has really, really good course history here. He's won this event a couple of years ago with that 64 on Sunday uh, to come back. Again, he was one of those things like I was talking about with live betting. He was a 40 to 50 to one going into Sunday. Uh, now uh, this week, uh, you can look on Saturday uh, because of that wind uh, and you're going to be able to find some numbers on some some guys that I think you know can move up the board. Uh, but I do like Francisco. The guy's been playing good golf. I think he said like three top tens in his last four four events. Um, Bermuda is his best putting surfaces. Iron game has looked fairly strong uh, since the beginning of the fall, you know, 1.9 strokes game in Houston, Houston 2.9 at the Amex 4.1 at farmers 1.6 at Genesis. Um, so, so I like the three top tens in his last four events. Um, good course history. So Francisco is my third cash game cornerstone uh, this week. Other guys, I'll go back to Willie Z. Again, elite iron play, uh, good from long with his long irons, good on long par threes. That's sort of something that I am looking for uh, again this week. Now, English, like I talked about, he sort of fits what I'm looking for with his long iron play and his par three play on long par threes, really good on par fives. uh, But his game has been so shitty. Uh, If I can get him at like 5% ownership, uh, he could be a nice leverage play uh, in GPPs. Leishman, another guy. Really strong course history. Uh, The stats don't really tell, uh, don't look that great for him. uh, But he's been playing decent uh, here lately. Not great, but decent. Uh, Once again, Bermuda, by far, his best putting surface. Uh, Prior to last week, his iron game looked really, really good. uh, Gaining about close to 15 strokes uh, on the field with his – with his irons uh, from the Sony all the way to Genesis is about four events. Uh, so I like Leesman. I, I, I think I might even think about using him in cash. We'll have to see. It just depends how everything breaks down. Um, Kokrak, another guy who uh, I like. I like to say K-Range. Kokrak, uh, a, another guy who I like. Really good on those par fours that I was talking about. Good long iron player, which will help um, once again, Uh, And then, you know, so I I like Kokak. We'll see. A lot of his damage has been with the putter. Um, So uh, we'll see where his ownership goes as well. Uh, If he tends to be extremely high-owned, it might be worth a fade. But as of now, I do like him. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think you just called it. I think he's going to be... Uh, a a really good potential fade. He's been playing incredible. It's not because they just the, if the ownership goes there, there's just too many other guys in this range that we're going to talk to. And then even just below in the high sevens, but for me in the AK range, I'm going to stick with Billy Ho. I like, uh, you know, he can get hot at times and get streaky, and this is the, sort of the Florida swing. This is what he does, so uh, you know, yeah. always like him on all of these courses, and at 8900 I think he could go a little overlooked. I don't know if people double down on Louie, and his price is up there at 8800 but like I said, especially if we get I, I hinted at earlier exactly what I said. If we get the we- the weekend weather, I think he's playing good enough golf, makes few mi- very few mistakes, has the full complete package of the game to get to the weekend, and then that could be just sort of a, a good spot for a guy like him. It's almost like a cheaper Matthew Fitzpatrick in a sense right and, and when he gets on like man he missed a close eagle on Sunday he missed a close birdie on Sunday he could have been even better on that scoreboard than he was so uh, I definitely like him I like Willie Z who you mentioned just been too hot with his entire game ball striking approach all of that Sam Burns really popping from a stats perspective I, I think if you look at all the uh, stats we were talking about earlier and just everything that we dropped in there he's played here three times and made the cut all three times so uh, no standout finishes but It was just a couple weeks ago when he was doing his thing, even after a stumble in round three and weather, he came out strong in round four and and then just faded on the back nine and ended up giving that thing away. So um, either way, he's playing some good golf and 8,400. I think the price is fair. And then down at the bottom, uh, the one you mentioned there, Leishman uh, people might, you know, I think, they might go away from him to go to Kokrak and and the stats will say Kokrak for sure and everything he's been doing recently. But if you look at just the course history and whatnot too, that goes with Leishman, sometimes people come back to these courses and can find their way around it and get a little bit more comfortable with a guy like Molinari, who you mentioned earlier. uh, I would say the same for Leishman down here at 8,200. So I I wouldn't hate that. Uh, If nobody wants to play Kokrak and he's coming in at like five, 6%, then uh, he's a great play. I I have bad memories of Kokrak chalk at like uh, 20%. And so that would, uh, that would lead me away because in the 7K range, there's a lot of guys here too, Kenny.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, Cameron Davis, first off, he's actually first in my model in the last 50 rounds. So, I mean, first in bird is a better game, second in drafting points, third in par fives, 10th in par fours, seventh in proximity from 200 plus, 13th in par three, um, par three, strokes game par three in 200 to 225 yards. Uh, so I, everything lines up. Uh, so I, I think I got to play him. Uh, and it's not like he's been playing poorly. The guy's had some nice little upward swings here in the last you know, three or four months. Um, I think I'm going to play Ricky. Uh, the thing about Fowler is the one thing he's really been missing his putter. Now, the last time he played and, and, and that's really been hurting his game. Last time his putter was amazing, which is what we usually expect from Ricky Fowler again but his iron play wasn't that great maybe he can find that blend uh, this week coming back to Florida Uh, and I don't think he's going to be that popular you can probably single digit owned Uh, you could probably get him I'm also going to go back on Justin Rose uh, who did not play well last week but is you know a couple weeks ago he came second in Saudi in a pretty loaded field um, so you know, he's had success here, uh, in the past. I think another leverage play, GPP play, low on possible that you can get on with immense upside because it's Justin Rose. He was number one in the world just a couple of years ago. Um, anybody else in this range, in this top range? I uh, love Cam
2: Davis, you mentioned. Uh, the Fowler thing's interesting. I was actually uh previewing, uh, I was chatting with Sundog Monkey Martin, who was on our players podcast uh, last year, right before everything got shut down. So we're thinking about getting him back for the players to get a redo in place. And, and that's sort of what we were talking about because uh, a couple of our, we lined up on a couple things and then, you know, I, he was in on Fowler and I said, maybe he sold me. And now you're, you're talking about it too. So uh, I'm leaning that way as well, Kenny. I just think it's a good place for him. I think uh, he still needs to get something happening here, right? He's outside the top 50, everything that he needs, uh, you know, course history is decent.
1: Uh, he's so got like- that master's motivation, right? I mean, right now yes. he wouldn't be in the master's field. Correct. Uh, He only has, he's not going to be, he's not, I don't know if he's going to be in the match play. He's probably right on the edge for the match play. So he needs a good, good event here uh, to get in that field as well. Uh, And he probably wants to play as much as he can uh, in the next three weeks so he can make the masters.
2: Yeah. I feel like he can do it. Like he can do something here. So I definitely will, we'll talk more about him, but I I got him uh, in the pool now. So I like that Uh, Cameron Tringali, this guy just doesn't stop. And this might be finally a spot where we don't see him as owned. Because there is, you know, the Cam Davis, the Coke Racks, all these other plays around it, you know, Lanto, different guys. So I, I definitely still in on Tringali. I think just again, complete game lately at least has been on. So you know, I'll stick with that. And then really from there, Kenny, it goes down. We normally like Sibu Kim on Pete Die tracks, but I'm not sure uh, what your thoughts are, are on him here. He still lines up from a, you know stats perspective. Uh, then you go down to other guys, you know, Corey Connors. Henrik Norlander, Luke List. These are just some of the guys popping for me. Benny on, if we can hop back on that. Your boy Keegan Bradley. Henrik Stenson maybe gets comfortable. He's got an incredible course history here as well, but hasn't done much lately. So uh, what are your thoughts on this lower 7K tier?
1: I like a lot of people here. Uh, so I think you can go, you know, a couple of 9K guys or Rory 9K guys and three guys from this range. Um, you know, I like Noren. Um, you know, he's... Um, Former winner here, like you said, guys who have won here tend to play well here often and repeatedly. Uh, Corey Connors, another guy I do like with the good iron play, a birdie maker. Uh, I think it's a guy that would be really good to make the cut the first couple of days when the scoring conditions are ripe. Now, we'll see how it goes if the wind does pick up uh, on the weekend and how he can go. But, I mean, first couple of days, I think he can make make some noise, probably maybe first-round leader type deal, uh, depending on when he tees off. Uh, So, I like Connors. I like Brendan Todd. Uh, accuracy off the tee, but still really good on par fives, even though he's short, uh, you know, seventh in strokes game par fives in the last 50 rounds in this field, had a pretty decent showing uh, last week. Um, I do like Luke List once again. uh, You guys had uh, some good finishes here. Iron plays strong, par 5 strong, really good with his long irons. Another guy I do like in this range. I'll probably go back to Maverick McNeely. Uh, Just playing good golf. Uh, Again, the stats won't line up for it. Uh, He's more of a West Coast guy, so a little bit of worry there. Uh, We'll see if he ends up making my uh, my final card for my DFS lineups. But coming off a second-place finish, you can't really uh, take that against him. Um, and then you got Keegan, again, uh, iron play uh, from 150 to 175, 200-plus, really, really strong uh, again. So, you know, uh, I'll, probably, I'll probably go back to him as well. Let's move to the 6K range. Tam, why don't you go ahead?
2: Yeah. A few guys stand out to me off the top. So, uh, Matthew Neesmith, we've been on him a little bit riding him. Uh, we didn't talk about Wyndham Clark, I guess, right at the very bottom, he was sort of the other guy that lined up. I've seen a few people talking about him. I don't know if he'll get, you know, too popular, but I think Wyndham Clark at seven K straight lined up nice, but Neesmith for sure. Uh, you, you know, just approach scoring T to green, overall green, hitting greens, all, all that stuff lines up. EVR did his thing last week's special Sunday out there. I thought that, you know, lined up well, um, Varner has burned us a few times, can go back to him. I really like Munoz, though. He's another guy just, he's funny because he's out there sort of like Hovland and Scheffler, like no matter what's going right or wrong, always smiling, seems to be having a good time. And the stats line up across the board. He's only played here last year and was a miscut, but uh, everything I saw last week keeps me dialed into him for this week. He was really strong on Sunday with his approach game. Uh, overall, T to green, everything was there. So I think he lines up for me. Uh, you know, Doug Gim, John Hu, those guys come back into play here kyle stanley stands out doc redmond Sepp straka these are some of the guys at the bottom and then any type of course with approach uh you know hitting fairways and approach things like that fairways not as important but just approach in general brian stewart at 6200 that's sort of the guys for me kenny
1: yeah my last cash game cornerstone is actually going to be mr kyle stanley at 6500 uh again over his career uh, iron play has been his forte Uh, He's very, very strong with his irons He didn't really show it the last time he was out But prior to that, uh, prior to the Genesis And the four events that he's played uh, You know, uh, prior to the Genesis He's gained something like 15 strokes uh, With his iron play in four events Uh, He's made five straight cuts in a row with a top 20. He has like three top 20s here uh, in his career. I think you can go a little bit riskier. Like I said, only 123 golfers. You're looking at like 50 golfers, probably going to be um, 50 to 55 golfers going to be cut instead of the usual, you know. 90 uh in a in a regular field event so you, you could be a little bit more aggressive so i'm going with kyle stanley as my final cash game cornerstone so that's my cash game cornerstones this week are going to be terrell hatton ten thousand dollars matthew fitzpatrick ninety eight hundred francisco molinari eighty seven hundred dollars and kyle stanley sixty five hundred dollars this still leaves you fifteen thousand to, to make the rest of your roster. So still plenty of money. You can even go by up, back up to the 8K range uh, if you'd like. So, so plenty of options when it comes down to it. Other guys that I do like in this range, I do like Neesmith. Cameron uh, Percy showed a little bit last week uh, in, in, um, in Puerto Rico. And one thing we missed about Puerto Rico, Brandon Grace uh, oh, you know yeah. what a what a what a performance with, after losing his father uh from COVID uh, about a month ago and to come out and get his second win on tour his first win in the last five years. One thing you got to remember about Brandon Grace it was a few years ago when he was uh, basically in the lead going into the last couple of holes of the U.S. Open uh before he hit you know the dreaded out of bounds on eighteen which cost him. So it's not like this guy's coming out of nowhere. The guy is an elite level player and we'll have to keep an eye on for him uh for the rest of the season, especially now that he has his card. And we're gonna see him. Every week. Uh, so, so, so shout out to him. I mean, what what a way to win, uh honoring his dad. Um, other guys I do like in this range. See we Doug uh, is another guy that I'll go ahead and play. Um, uh, I did say Percy. Uh who else did I have? Doc might be somebody to go with uh in this range. So uh, there's plenty of options down here. Uh anybody else we missed?
2: Uh no, I was just thinking about uh, Grace. We so were talking about him man also don't forget about uh 17 at the waste management when he let ricky get away with murder with a 74 on sunday to win the thing because grace went in the water down the stretch on the drivable power four so he could have had that one too but yeah awesome story great to see uh i I think he's gonna take this week off i didn't see it officially yet or anything like Uh, that
1: yeah he, he said he was going to but as of now i think he's still in the field
2: yeah So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, an awesome story. And then the rest of the guys you mentioned, I'm pretty much with you there. I guess Percy was one that stood out that you just mentioned that I didn't even look at. So I see him there. Doctor, Killer
1: Keith Keith on Bermuda. You can can take a peek at him.
2: Yeah, he's got some history here too, I think, if you look back. uh, Fifth and sixth the last couple of years. I'm not sure uh, I didn't look too hard at him because I think it's just been brutal lately, but it goes with the, you know, what I was saying there earlier, where if you go get back on a course where you're comfortable, have done well in the past, you get your mindset, right. Then yeah, nothing since the Sony for him has been really poor with pretty much every part of his game, but uh, definitely could be a, a great little tournament play and something to spark him back up. And one I didn't mention was Russell Knox. Uh, another guy has been playing decent golf recently and, and more so just about if he does get you through Uh, You know, at Pebble, he was good at, you know, waste management wasn't terrible. The Amex, he was okay. Like a couple spots recently that he's shown up just a little bit. And and his iron play
1: is always legit. I can get behind Russell Knox.
2: If he gets into that weekend and we get some rough weather, I think that's another guy that can definitely just grind it out for you. So I think that would be a, a nice little tournament play, but other than that, man, not much else for me.
1: All right. That sounds good. Let's get to our bets for this week. I will go ahead and start. Uh, First off, I'm going to start off with Matthew Fitzpatrick at 25 to 1. uh, Francesco Molinari at 35 to 1. uh, Leishman at 55 to 1. Rose at 70 to 1. And Connors at 140 to 1. Um, I'm going to leave a spot or two open for that Saturday morning like I was talking about as well. So I got five this week.
2: All right. And what about the secret bet?
1: I don't know. The secret, the secret bet. Hold on. I did bet somebody that I didn't say, hold on. I'll look who it was. <laughs> you got uh, him to give the, out the secret bet this uh, week. Yeah, Here we the, go. Secret, the secret bet this week. Hold on. Uh, nope. It wasn't there. Maybe it's in this other one. Hold on. Go ahead. And I go ahead with your bet. <laughs> <And I'll look, laughs> you bring I'll, it I'll back to sure. the people. Yeah. I
2: told you at the top. Yeah. Rory 10 to one to me just stood out because we better, I bet him last week in a way stronger field. And so I actually thought he would have been, you know, higher odds than this, but Um, 10 to one, I'll take Fleetwood 40 to one talked about it. Just more of a, you know, potential more cow situation where he just bounces back from, I like your Rose one, maybe for that better. Uh, I was thinking about adding him. I didn't yet. I took Ricky at 70 with a T eight each way. Um, Cam Davis, 75 to one with the T eight each way. And then Munoz was my one forty to one with the T eight each way there. So I got five in so far. I'm thinking about that Rose one and pulling the trigger, but maybe I'll bet the secret bet instead.
1: There actually wasn't a secret bet. Those are the five bets that I've made so far. So, so no secret bet this week. Those are the first ones. I think the first ones that I hit. The first one I hit was Rose at seventy to one, and Connor's on one forty to one. Uh, those are the first two that I hit, and the other three I just, I, you know, I just looked through a little bit more research and got those done. So, no secret bet this week. So far, All right. so far, so far. I'm <laughs> sure there will be. I'm sure there will be uh, one and done. I'm going either uh, probably Hatton. Uh, Rory or uh, Hatton, Rory Fitz or Molly.
2: I'm going to go Hovland, Hatton or somebody else. I don't know, but those two are definitely at the top of my list.
1: All right. That sounds good. Anything else for you this week?
2: No, I think that's it, man. It should be a lot of fun. I think this is a, a good one we got coming up here. You know, this whole stretch, I love, I'm just sour because we're not going to be at the Honda this year like I wanted to be in the DFS Open and everything down there. So uh, we, either we'd way, be, uh, we'd,
1: be, we'd be there next week. In yeah. one week, we'd be down there. Uh, so, th- so that really does suck uh, because I would love to go back to Cheetah and meet some <laughs> of those girls once again. <laughs> but anyway, anyways, all right. You know, you can find me on Twitter at KennoVT. You can find uh, my weekly articles on gupscorner.com They're doing a lot of cool stuff. The site just got upgraded. It looks freaking sweet. Uh, So, you know, make sure you check that out. Check my Twitter feed for some promo codes. We're doing the best promo codes that we can uh, right leading up to the Masters. So make sure you check out my Twitter feed and cupscorner.com. Tambo.
2: Yeah, find me on Twitter, at Toteg and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. Roto-Grinders Discord, same name. I talked about it already earlier, but head on over to rotogrinders.com slash dgen. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Got the Tuesday show tomorrow with Cards and Noto. Wednesday night's going to be a guest show with the lineup HQ, breaking down this stuff. We'll see. Maybe I'll come around on Kenny's Rory takes, and maybe Hovland is 30%. I'll have to adjust everything that I'm doing. Obviously, it's a first look, but uh, I'm excited for this week, man. It's going to be a good one, so take us out of here.
1: Yeah, it should be a fun event. Uh, still, it still feels not great, but it's not horrible. Uh, still got some guys up there. And if anyone else calls me the Tony Finau of golf betting, I'm going to slap him in the mouth. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Me, 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 me,
2: but also you.
1: <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat>